Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, November 29th. Uh, as always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. As always, we got a huge show for you today. Um, I had a pretty big break today, so I decided in between classes, so like a normal sports guy does, I made an entire list of running back rankings that we're going to go through at the end of this show. Um, it's an interesting list. I sent it in a convo of a bunch of people, uh, group text, and we were debating about it all that afternoon. And the list changed from the moment it was written to right now I'm even getting texts about it. But I'm pretty pretty confident in this list that I wrote up. We're going to rank. We're not ranking the running backs. What I did was I set up uh, six like categories, and I put a bunch of different running backs. There's about... 30, 40 names on this list. I put each running back into a category. Now, they're not ranked in these subcategories, but they are in the category. We're not going to go through. I'm not going to say um, where every running back's listed. I'll post the list on Twitter. Um, but we'll, I'll go through. You know, I have six different categories, of, and the categories are elite, tier two elite, uh, stable running backs who really aren't elite, uh, young running backs who have the potential to be elite. My meh running backs who really don't get me excited and are really kind of boring. Um, and then the last category is running backs that are on their way out of the league. Um, and we will talk about all of this at the end of the show. Um, but we're going to get into uh, all of these headlines. We're going to get into some predictions for the week. We're going to start with NFL like always because NFL is the best sport. Football is the best sport in the world. And that was shown this week. I saw a tweet today that... Last week, over 48.4 billion minutes of football were watched in America. 32 billion of those minutes were from NFL, and 1.6, 1. 1. 16.4 billion were from college football. You know, that's averages out, they averaged it out in the tweet to 2.5 hours of football for everyone in the United States. So every person from your, uh, your mom to your grandma to whoever is averaged out to about 2.5 hours per person, um, which, is an, which is an insane stat. Um, and that just shows us that the game of football, you know, I know a lot of people a couple years, a couple months ago were saying, you know, football's on the downturn, concussions, CTEs, all that stuff. Uh, it's turning people away. You know, you're not getting younger people as invested because parents just aren't letting their kids play football. But it shows there is still a huge market for football, and the game is very healthy and very strong right now. We have our problems. I understand that football has its problems. You know, um, the anthem thing hurt last year. Concussions and all that need to be fixed, and even suspensions and stuff need to be fixed. And I think that starts with getting Goodell out of office. I think you'll see the, the game grow just a little bit more um, through the roof. You know, it's taking a downturn, but you see, you know, 32 billion hours were what billion minutes were watched last week of the NFL football and 16.4 billion minutes watched with college football, which averaged out to a total of 48.4 billion minutes of football watched in the United States alone, which is crazy. So, with that, we love football. We're Americans. Let's talk some predictions for the upcoming week. Um, we I do have a couple things. But we're going to go through each game, then I have a couple points for each uh, game as well. So we'll go through week 13 here. We'll start with tonight's game. New Orleans at Dallas. Uh, it's at Dallas. New Orleans is the hottest team in football. Uh, I think everybody can agree with that. They are the best team in football right now. They're 10-1. They've rattled off you know, 10 straight wins. But Dallas, 
you know, they've rattled off three of their own. They've, they have three straight wins. Uh, this is a very sneaky team, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure where to rank them yet. I think Dak is kind of an average quarterback, and I think this is an opportunity for Dak Prescott to really show um, not only the Cowboys, but everybody, all football fans, that he is a good quarterback. And this is something that's going to prove it tonight, uh, primetime game on Thursday night. So it's going to be a big uh, game for Dak and the Cowboys. Uh, if you notice a little bit of a sound change, it's because we decided to switch up our, our mics here. Cause I, there was a little bit of static, so I decided to switch it up. Um, so hopefully this sounds a little bit better. Um, but over the weekend, I'll tinker with it a little bit and try to get it you know, back to normal here. I'm not sure why there's a little bit of static. But we will move on. As we were saying, um, the Dallas Cowboys-Saints game tonight is a huge game for Dak Prescott. To prove not only to himself and to his teammates, but to the rest of the league, that he is a elite quarterback. He is a top-tier quarterback. He is that 13-3 Dak Prescott from two years ago. This is the night for him to really put his stamp on his career and try to secure that next big contract from the Cowboys. But we're going to move on to the next game. I think the Saints are going to win here. I think the Saints are the better team. But don't be surprised if the Cowboys just come out and dominate um, and play well with the Saints. I think we'll be close. Next game, we'll talk about Arizona at Green Bay. Me and Truman will actually be at this game. Um, we are leaving tomorrow. We're going to go up to Green Bay um, on Sunday and watch this game tailgate a little bit. So we are pretty excited for that. Um, but Arizona and Green Bay. Green Bay, I think, is going to win this game. I think Green Bay is the better team. I don't think anybody would pick against the Packers here. But this is a must-win game. If McCarthy has a shot in hell, which I don't think he does at keeping his job, if the Packers have a shot in hell at making the playoffs – this is a must-win game for them. Um, you know, I saw a picture yesterday of the scenarios it's going to take for the Packers to get into the playoffs, and it's not impossible, but there is a very, very, very strong chance that they don't get in, um, even with a lot of help, which they need. They need a ton of help to try to even sniff at the playoffs. Uh, but it all starts with tonight's game, I mean, with Sunday's game uh, against the Cardinals. Next game, Baltimore and Atlanta. Uh, Baltimore is going into this game uh, two straight wins. I'm not sure if Flacco's going to start or Jackson's going to start. I don't think we really know yet. Um, Jackson has won two straight games. They haven't been perfect by any means, but a win's a win in the NFL. Um, and, the, and the Ravens really need that if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. As far as the Falcons go, you know they're coming off you know embarrassing loss to the Browns a couple weeks ago. They really need a win. Uh, they've lost three straight. It's just been a pretty ugly last couple of uh, weeks for them. You know, the Saints, the Cowboys, and the Browns, they really need a win uh, as well. Uh, but I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens here and then go to the better team. Next game, Denver at Cincinnati. Cincinnati uh, comes in as the underdogs uh, with no Andy Dalton. They're going with Jeff Driscoll here, who played well uh, in limited action last week versus the uh, Browns. So we'll see what happens. Denver, meanwhile, is getting pretty hot right now. They've won two straight, uh, and they could easily win out. Their schedule is actually pretty easy down the stretch here. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens for the Denver Broncos. You know, I've debated this back and forth with a couple people. I don't think Denver is good. I don't think they're a good team. I think they're uh, the benefactors of a good schedule. Uh, and I think that's why they have won two straight. That's why they're getting themselves back into playoff contention. 
and I really think Denver uh, is going to take a lot for them to really make some noise in the playoffs. But they are saving Vance Joseph's job. Uh, if you notice, we did go back to the old sound. I didn't like how the computer sound was sounding, um, so we went back to the microphone. I'm sorry for all this confusion, but uh, it's better this way, and I think the microphone's actually working now. But I'll, I'll mess with around with it over the weekend. Uh, next game, the Rams in Detroit. If anybody's taking the Detroit Lions here, I don't think they really know football. Detroit has let me down multiple times this year. Uh, I've made some pretty bold claims for the Detroit Lions, and they just haven't backed it up at all. Uh, so I'm taking the Rams here. I think the Rams are a better team by about 500 points. I don't even know. Uh, but the over-under is set at 55, and the Rams are favored by 10, which I think is the biggest. Uh, well, no, it's not, but it's like the second biggest uh spread for this week next game uh cleveland and houston this is a big game for both franchises to see where they stack up i think more for the browns but the texans have won eight straight then starting 0-3 which is impossible really if you think about it you start the season 0-3 and then you rattle off eight straight wins uh you really put yourself in a league of your own right there and i think nobody's really talking about this houston team even though they should be at the headline of every single sports show um because they really are doing something amazing. And then you got the Browns. Baker Mayfield has had a fantastic couple of weeks. He's really starting to come into his own as a quarterback in the NFL. Starting to show off that swagger um, a little bit here and there, which he had in college. And I'm glad to see that because he's so much fun to watch. Uh, but we're going to talk about this game. we got to talk about that defense uh, for the Browns. It's been playing very well the last couple of weeks. Does it have enough to stop the Houston Texans? I'm not so sure. I'm taking the Houston Texans here. I think Houston's the hotter team. They've been the hotter team pretty much the entire year uh, besides those first three weeks. But I'm taking the Houston Texans here. Uh, they are favored by six points, and it's at home, so I'm taking the Houston Texans. Next game, Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been, I think, the most disappointing team this year, obviously based for this show because we put them in the Super Bowl, which I regret every single day. Like I think about that when I'm driving home in my car, I'm just like, why the hell did I pick the Jaguars? And then even the Packers, who have also been disappointing um, to win the Super Bowl, to be in the Super Bowl together. It's a very strange thought in my mind as to why I did that. But I guess nobody really predicted the season to shake out this way. Um but as far as this game goes, Indianapolis, I'm taking Indy. Indy's won five straight. They're the better team. they got a good offensive line. Their defense is starting to come together. They haven't had a good defense in a while. Um, that offensive line is probably the best in the NFL. Uh, I know they're missing a few pieces here and there, um, and they could use a lot more offensive talent before they really become a juggernaut of a team. Um, but Luck's an MVP contender, so I'm taking the uh, Colts here. Because also, I'm not really sure what the Jaguars are going to do. They bench Blake Bortles. They're starting Cody Kessler, which I don't think is a major upgrade. Some may disagree. I think Blake Bortles was a fine quarterback who just had no real talent around him. Uh, and he struggled a little bit, but he was a good, consistent quarterback to get you to where you needed to be. And you got no Fournette in this game. Uh, he's suspended again after a fight. He's back on the sidelines. Uh, so I'm taking the Colts here by a, a lot. Which is surprising because I would never have said that at the beginning of the year. Next game, Buffalo and Miami at home versus the Dolphins. I think Buffalo will struggle in this game. Josh Allen, 
he had a couple weeks off due to injury. I think that helped him out a lot. Uh, he had a pretty good uh, week last week, and I think he's also starting to come into his own like Baker Mayfield. Uh, you see a guy like Sam Darnold who's kind of struggled pretty much after that first game. You know, the first game, the bar was set really high, and now he's slowly starting to come down a rung each single week uh, like a ladder. Uh and it's like Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, you know, they had to start at the last rung of the ladder, and now they're slowly climbing their way up. They're going to pass, I think they already passed Sam Darnold, um, but they're going to keep climbing up. I think Sam Darnold's uh, career is off to a rough start, but you can't put a bust tag on any of those guys yet. Uh, but as far as Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield goes, I think this is the best result for them at the beginning of the year when they're thinking about, you know, what's the best thing that could happen, you know, week 13 in the NFL, where's the best we could be. I think this is a good spot for both of them. But I'm taking the, the Dolphins here. I think Dolphins are the better team. Next game, Chicago at the Giants. The Giants have mailed it in. They've pretty much going for the tank right now. Uh, you know, you saw last week David Gettleman, the GM for the Giants, basically told the coach not to give the ball to Saquon or Odell. They're two best, best playmakers, two of the best playmakers in the NFL. Um, so it's clear the Giants really don't care anymore, uh, which sucks for Eli, who's an all-time great and is now you know stuck on a team that doesn't care. Um, so I'm taking the Bears here. Uh, Chase Daniels is starting, so this would be a good week for the Giants to get a win, and they would have won last week if they didn't uh, get accosted by their general manager. Um, they would have beat the Eagles, and then they would have beaten the uh, – Bears this week, I believe, if they were actually trying. Uh, and that would have been a nice two-game win streak that could have set them up, and they could have won out. And this division is not great. And they could have, you know, been right there in playoff contention after a couple more wins. Next game, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay has had a pretty bad season, pretty up-and-down season. And the Panthers are right there with them. Uh, the Panthers have lost three straight. You know, they're 6-5. and five. Tampa Bay is 4-7. Um, I'm taking the Panthers here. I think they are hungry for a win. They really need to get a win here. They haven't had uh, a good couple of weeks. You know, everybody was really high on them, and then the the Pittsburgh game, and then it just slowly trickles down. They're just struggling. Um, but as far as the Buccaneers go, that's a banged up team. A lot of injuries, a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position. Uh, Winston starting. I, you don't know if you're going to get a good Winston or a bad Winston. Uh, I'm taking the Panthers here uh, easily. Next game, Kansas City and Oakland. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs here. I said before I thought the Rams, uh, Lions spread was the biggest. This is the biggest spread. 15-point favorites for the Chiefs, even at New uh, Oakland. So as far as this game goes, I'm taking the Chiefs, obviously. Oakland's done. Uh, they're mailing it in as well. And Kansas City just keeps winning week after week. Next game, Jets at the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee's favored by 8.5. Um, Tennessee is a weird team. They got all the talent in the world to really win some games. Rabel's a good coach. I don't think Mariota's the quarterback to get it done. Uh, and I'm not sure who's starting for the Jets. Um, I think it's Sam Darnold, but I'm not so sure. Uh, but I'm taking the Tennessee Titans here. They have the talent to win week after week, although I don't like Mariota at quarterback. Um... But I'm taking the Tennessee Titans here. I think he'll be able to get it done versus this Jets defense. Minnesota and New England, probably the best game of the week um, in terms of playoff contention and two teams going at it. Uh, it's at New England, so I'm taking the Patriots here. They're favored by 5.5. Uh, 
Minnesota hasn't done enough yet to show me that they can really uh, get back to where they were last year. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't think, wins these type of games. Going to New England versus Tom Brady, I don't think he wins these type of games. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick was talking about Harrison Smith, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Uh, He's saying he's going to be a problem, which he obviously will be because Harrison Smith is a tank. I'm taking the Patriots here, though, because the Patriots know how to win these big games, uh, and they know how to, uh, you know, put themselves back in the spotlight, which they haven't been in for the past couple of weeks. I think they've been kind of overshadowed by, you know, the Saints and other teams like that. Next game, San Francisco and Seattle. This is another big spread here. Seattle's favored by 10. It's at home. I don't see Nick Mullins, who's probably going to get the start is what I'm guessing. I don't see him coming to the uh, uh, loudest stadium, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL, and beating them. So I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks here. Uh, Richard Sherman's returning home to Seattle. I get it. He'll have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But I don't think uh, Richard Sherman's chip on his shoulder is going to beat uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks right now the way they're playing. Next game, again, this, this game right here could probably be a candidate for game of the week, the Chargers versus the uh, Steelers. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers here. I'm taking a little bit of an upset. They're uh, three-and-a-half-point underdogs here versus the Steelers. I think the Chargers are the better team. I like the Steelers. They're coming off a pretty bad loss versus the Broncos. Uh, Big Ben hasn't really um, taken ownership of that loss, even though he threw the pick. Uh They've kind of had a little bit of a rough week in terms of that in the media. Uh, the Chargers, though, no Melvin Gordon, but I think Eckler, their backup running back, is more than capable of taking over that job um, and doing a, a pretty good job with it. I'm taking the Chargers here also because of Bosa, and you know Phillip Rivers had a fantastic week last week, and I don't think that changes this week. Chargers uh, at um, Pittsburgh, I'm taking them. Last game, Monday night's game, Washington at Philadelphia. Another NFC East matchup on primetime, which makes absolute no sense, but we got to deal with it anyways. Uh, I'm taking the uh, Philadelphia Eagles here. It's at home, Eagles primetime. I don't trust Colt McCoy to go into CenturyLink Field and beat the Eagles, uh, especially a team that's really desperate for a couple wins right now. That's week 13. We're going to move on to a couple other NFL storylines uh, and then do some college football preview. Uh, so I wanted to talk about one thing in particular. Michael Vick, um, everybody knows Michael Vick, the best running quarterback of all time, the most dangerous quarterback in the world with the ball in his hands, especially in his prime. Um, he came out yesterday, uh, or a couple days ago, talking about Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Uh, he was saying those guys have to be careful uh, with where they're going right now uh, in terms of running the ball. And that, that brought up a pretty interesting question and a pretty interesting talking point that I wanted to discuss on today's show. Uh, so Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson are not big guys. They are two of the probably uh, skinniest, lightest quarterbacks in the NFL. Don't have the weight in front of me, but you know just by looking at them, they are sticks. I think Lamar Jackson's like 6'3", 203 or something crazy. Uh, and Deshaun Watson's not much further uh, behind him. Um, but they're skinny guys who are taking you know 10 to 20 hits a game just based on how they're how they play, the style of how they play. Uh, they're running quarterbacks. They like the ball in their hands in open space. They like to run around the pocket, which is fine. That worked in college because you weren't getting hit by super athletes like you see in the NFL. You weren't getting hit every single game by J.J. Uh, Watt or you know Aaron Donald, these type of players. So these this style works for a little bit. 
you know, this college style, which everybody thinks isn't going to translate, it works for a little bit in the NFL, and you've seen it over the past couple of years, guys come in and start to dominate, and Watson has done that so far, and Jackson's on his way, he's won two straight, but I think what you get, when you take away this running game from these two quarterbacks, there's not much there in terms of arm strength. Watson and Jackson have good arms, not great arms, uh, and that's really a reason why they kind of fell in the draft a little bit. I think Watson's uh, a little bit better uh, equipped with an arm than Jackson. Uh, but what you get when you take away that running game is you get a guy like RG3 or Marcus Mariota, two very good college quarterbacks that due to injuries because they got hit early on in their NFL careers have struggled so far. Um, RG3, mainly, he's the worst uh, over Mariota because RG3's had you know, ACL tears, all this type of stuff, and he can no longer run. Uh, so he has to rely on his arm strength, which his arm really isn't deadly unless it's outside the pocket running around. And same with Mariota. Mariota is the type of guy who really relied heavily on his ability to run in that read option offense at Oregon. He came to the NFL and he's produced a little bit, but not as much. I think I see him more as a Watson because he has produced a little bit and he's still starting today. Um, but he has had injuries. He gets hurt a lot. Um, that's really negatively impacted the Titans and they've had to switch up their offense. But then you say, Travis, what about Cam Newton? What about Russell Wilson? These are the two best, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and they rely heavily on the run. But then you look, Russell Wilson doesn't run that much anymore. He did early on in his career. He had a he had a couple of concussions too, but he didn't. He doesn't run that much anymore. Um, he can use it every now and then, which I think you need to do. I think that's you need to find that balance um, between running and passing. You know, Aaron Rodgers plays that line like a pro. You know, he uses his feet to get out of the pocket when need be, um, and he makes good throws. Same with Russell Wilson. You know, he's had to run for his life the past couple of years because the offensive line hasn't been strong. Um, but he has been playing well because he's kind of learned how to stay in the pocket a little bit. And you say Cam Newton too. Cam Newton early on was Lamar Jackson, was Deshaun Watson. But the biggest difference is Cam Newton is about three times the size of both of those guys. He has the muscle. He's built like a linebacker. Um, and you've also seen, you know, Cam was injured the past couple of years, but you've seen Norv Turner come in and kind of transition Cam into more of a throwing quarterback, uh, traditional type of quarterback. And you say, you know, Cam, he doesn't run as much anymore. You can kind of see that in this game. So I don't really want these gimmicky type of players. I don't want a Deshaun Watson or a Lamar Jackson. I want a dependable, solid quarterback, you know, a guy who's going to sit in the pocket uh, and protect himself um, and not use uh, his feet every single play. I want a guy who's going to sit in the pocket, lay down when he needs to lay down, run when he needs to run, and when he does run, slide out, slide down, or run out of bounds when you when he knows he's about to get hit. It's like it's like tire treads. They're like running backs, uh, Watson and Jackson. They're like running backs. You know, running backs don't really get that many years of success because they just get hit so often. Um, but running backs are built like running backs, so they can take those hits over a sustained period. Uh, guys like Jackson, Watson, RG3, Mariota can't take these hits over and over again. They're going to get hurt because they're not built like a running back. They're built like a quarterback. And it's like tire treads. It just wears down over time. Um, and you know they're pretty cheap tires because there's, there's not going to be many hits on these guys. You can't put many miles on these guys' cleats and expect them to stay healthy. Um, another thing I was saying, it's like a pair of uh, like pants. Like You really like a nice pair of pants. You wear them all the time. You know They really like their running game. They use it all the time. Uh, and they start to get 
crappy over time, you know, and they start to have holes in them and all this bunch of different stuff. But you still wear them because you love them and it just gets ripped up more and more. And next thing you know, a year later, those pants are ripped up. So what you need to do uh, is take that pair of pants and wear it every now and then, once or twice a week. And it will last you more than just a year. Um, And I think that's what the quarterbacks have to do. Take that running game. Take that ability to uh, run around in the pocket, gain some yards. And really use that only at the right chances. You know, only use your your ability to run Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson when it's really necessary. And most of the time, I want you to stay back in the pocket because that's what pro- provides sustained success over your career. Um, and it also puts the Ravens and the Texans in a pretty uh, sketchy situation because, let's say Watson or Jackson goes down with an injury. It's kind of hard to replace those guys with guys like them, guys who can run. Because there's not many guys in the NFL that can run. Um, so you either, and also when you're starting these guys, you kind of want to build your backup like your quarterback, your starter, because you, if your starter goes out, you want to put a backup in who can run the offense. And if you change your whole offense to fit a running quarterback, you're going to need a running backup and he could get hurt. And next thing you know, it's just a big mess. Um, so I think this isn't going to last. I don't think Watson or Lamar Jackson, I think their period of success isn't going to last long, and that's going to negatively impact not only them, but the Texans and the Ravens because they two first-round picks were spent on them. I've seen Watson a little bit with the ACL tear last year kind of uh, bring it back a little bit, but Monday night's game, he took a couple very un- unnecessary hits. And let me tell you, he's not going to last long. He'll be right there with Mariota and RG3, who I think – Lamar Jackson should really look, because they got a great guy with RG3. Um, Lamar Jackson should really look at him and study him, because that's his future. He's going to be an RG3 in a couple years if he keeps doing what he's doing, and I think RG3 knows that, uh, and I think he can help him out. So I think it's a good idea to have him on the roster. Um, but other than that, that's all I wanted to talk about with the NFL. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about college, do some baseball, basketball, and then we will talk about my running back list, uh, and then we'll get you out of here. But we're going to move on to college now. So we have championship weekend, conference championships all up and down the board starting on Friday. Uh, We'll go through some of the major ones uh, because there's really not that many games. We'll start with Friday's game, Pac-12, Utah and Washington. Both teams aren't really playing for a playoff spot, so I think Washington will win this game, although Utah has been playing well as of late. Uh, Then we'll go to Saturday's game, um, Big 12 championship, Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, I think Oklahoma wins this game. Uh, sadly, I'm going to be rooting for Texas like my hair is on fire. I think Texas, if Texas can do another upset here over Oklahoma, it would be a huge win for Ohio State, and Ohio State would get into the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be a huge week because if Ohio State can beat Northwestern, and uh, I think the loser, I think Alabama has to win the SEC championship game. Um, if Alabama loses to Georgia, I think Alabama still gets in because uh, the playoff committee loves um, Alabama for some reason, even though they shouldn't have even gotten in last year. Uh, but I think if Alabama beats Georgia and then Texas beats Oklahoma, we get in easily. Um, so I'll be rooting like hell for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, then obviously the Saturday, Big Ten, Northwestern versus Ohio State. I think Ohio State wins that game. I think Urban Meyer gets his guys up for that game like he does for every single big game, and which is the reason why we beat uh, Michigan and put 62 on their ass last week. Um, then we'll talk ACC championship game, Clemson and Pittsburgh. Uh, I really would love Pittsburgh to win that, although I think Clemson will absolutely roll them. They're favored by 28 points. Um, Alabama and Georgia. 
Georgia needs to play a perfect game to beat Alabama, and that might not even be enough, which is scary. Um, I, I hate Alabama with everything in my being, um, but I'm going to be rooting for them in this game. Because if Alabama beats Georgia and Texas beats Oklahoma, I think the playoff would go Alabama, um, Clemson, Notre Dame, and then Ohio State would be the last team to get in. If Alabama loses to Georgia, I think Georgia would take the number one spot. I think Clemson would be two, um, Notre Dame three, and then Alabama four. Now let's say Oklahoma beats Texas uh, and Alabama beats Georgia. Oklahoma gets that last seed. Um, but if Alabama loses to Georgia, I think it's over for Ohio State no matter what, even though uh, they're going to lose. Even though if they lose, sorry. Uh, but that's it for college. This is going to be a huge week for Ohio State and Ohio State fans. Because if Ohio State doesn't get in for the second year in a row, it's going to be a mess. We were the odd, we were the fifth seed last year. We'll be the fifth seed again um, if things don't fall our, our way. Um, I think Ohio State has made its case. Uh, I think beating Northwestern handedly will also help uh, to maybe get in over Oklahoma if, let's say, Georgia loses to Alabama. Uh, I think beating Northwestern by a lot, like I'm talking a lot, like 2000. Uh, 16 Big Ten Championship game versus Wisconsin a lot, 59 nothing a lot. Uh, if Ohio State can absolutely roll them, if they can do what they did last week versus Michigan to Northwestern, who's obviously not as good as Michigan, uh, I think Ohio State makes a pretty strong case, and it's pretty hard to keep them out. And I know they're not, they don't really rely on last year's rankings, but I think it's kind of in the back of their mind. They left Ohio State out last year. Um, if they make a strong case and they can explain it to the fans and to the uh, the news cycle, I think the committee would put Ohio State in just because they didn't leave, they didn't put them in last year uh, and they kind of feel like Ohio State got screwed because Ohio State fans feel like they got screwed. Um, but it's going to take a lot. I think uh, you have to put Ohio State in, like I said, if Texas beats Oklahoma and then Alabama beats Georgia. Um, but you can make a case for Ohio State if other things fall. Uh, other ways, but I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, you're riding high right now, because this game, I get it, the SEC championship game means a lot, you really want to win this, but it really doesn't matter if you win or not, you're going to get in, I think Alabama and Notre Dame are the only two locks um, in this entire thing, so we'll see what happens, obviously there's other games on the line, uh, Memphis and UCF uh, with the AAC um, championship game, uh, as far as UCF goes, I would like to say they are contenders, but they lost Milton. Uh, he's done for the year. Hopefully he can get to the NFL because he is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Uh, but hopefully UCF's uh, uh, magic doesn't run out. You know, they've been on a crazy win streak, and hopefully it doesn't run out. Hopefully they have a good enough backup, which I don't know much about right now. But hopefully the magic doesn't run out for the uh UCF Knights. But talking about magic running out, don't let your magic run out. Get a fresh haircut from D's Home Cuts anytime you want. Uh, since 2017, Dom has been providing professional haircuts to everybody around Northeast Ohio for a low hair for a low price for only $7. D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I and everybody on the show, 90% of our guests, have gotten their haircut at D's at least once or their lifelong members. And trust me, we have never looked or felt better. I said, I said it last show. I'm going to say it again. 
they're starting to get a little bit of a buzz around Medina, Ohio for having some of the greatest looking men just because of Dom at D's Home Cuts. So give him a check. Uh, check him out on his Instagram at D's Home Cuts. You can DM him for an appointment or set up one in his, in his bio um, and get a time schedule. You're not going to find a cheaper haircut. You're not going to find a better haircut. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So it's baseball. There's not a ton of things to talk about. Uh, I know we wanted to do free agency, um, do a couple players a day. But I was kind of thinking free agency is a lot more fun when you have a co-host. And Truman will be back in you know a week or two. So maybe we should just save it, put it off till then. Because I don't think any of the big moves are going to go down really into like the winter meetings, stuff like that. So I was going to save that. Um, as far as baseball goes, I wanted to get to these running back rankings. Uh, I know we've done a lot of football. Uh, but I kind of worked hard on this list. So I want to get enough time to go through it. So we don't have a ton to talk about with baseball. But... Uh, the A's do have a new stadium that's coming in 2023, maybe a little bit later. Um, just got approved. It looks really cool. It's like a waterfront type of thing. They're trying to put it in kind of like a park, um, which is a good thing. I think getting out of their stadium now, uh, it's just been wrecked. It's kind of old. I'm tired of like the whole Oakland Raiders playing on that thing too. So I think it's a good idea to get rid of it. Uh, and their new stadium plans look really cool. Uh, I'll try to find it and tweet it on Twitter, um, but it does look really nice. It's like a park. Um, like a regular park and then inside of it's the, uh, the stadium and they're going to add like restaurants, low, uh, rent housing for everybody, you know, not crazy too expensive. So everybody can go there and a bunch of other stuff they're going to add. Uh, so that's going to be cool to look forward to. Uh, a lot of cool stadiums are being built right now around, not just MLB, but the entire, uh, sports world. So keep watch on those, but we're going to talk about baseball, a uh, basketball now. Um, we're going to get into some of these headlines. Like I said, I wanted to get to the running back ranking. So have enough time for that. So we'll get into basketball right now. Um, so trade happened yesterday because Kyle Korver was traded to the jazz. Um, kind of the last really good piece besides Kevin Love, who I don't think they'll trade, uh, left from the Cavs championship team, solid piece that teams want. Um, he got traded to the jazz for, I think two picks, uh, and then Alec Burke, I believe, uh, but I'm not so sure yet. Uh, it's a good good move for both teams. I think the Cavs wanted to get rid of him. They got a little capital. I think Corver wanted to leave. And then the Jazz need um, a player to come off the bench like Corver. Um, the Jazz are now like the whitest team in the NBA, though. They got Corver, uh, Ingles, Grayson Allen, and they play in like the whitest state in the, in the country. So it's kind of interesting to see how they're doing that. As far as other things go, we're at week three. Uh, today is day 21 without Carmelo Anthony playing in an NBA game. It's pissing me off. I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, he was in the gym yesterday working. A couple of videos were posted. I know people were making fun of him uh, for no reason at all. But that's just the nature of the beast when you're as big of a superstar as Carmelo Anthony is. There is a very strong, quiet, kind of quiet following of Carmelo Anthony fans. Um, and we've just been waiting in the wings. He's going to come out of this. He is going to surprise everybody and just be an absolute superstar uh, again. He's going to kind of revert back to his old days. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And if he is just doing it for the holidays, you know, you can't blame a guy for wanting to spend time with his family. Um, and he's just going to come back fresh for the playoffs, which is scary too. Um, but Melo's ready to go. He's just I'm keeping him on my fantasy team because I know he'll be ready. And I know he'll be ready to play and completely dominate this league again uh, but we're going to move on speaking of domination 
there's been an, a lawn service around uh, Northeast Ohio that's been dominating the competition as well. That's A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. Is Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So I'm going to talk about this list a little bit, and then we'll get into the specifics. Um, so let's start with it. So today, around 10 o'clock, I was sitting in math class, uh, just not really paying attention that much. Uh, and I started to write, when I don't really pay attention, I start to write things out for the show. Um and I decided to write this list out. It was just kind of like a quick little run-through list. Uh, but then I realized I had an hour break between classes. Uh, so I went to the library and I actually typed this list out. Um, so what I have is six different categories of running backs. Uh, I have the elite running backs, the tier two elite running backs, the stable running backs that aren't elite but are stable. Uh, I got running backs who have the potential to be elite. I got the meh running backs who I don't really care for. And then the running backs who are past their prime and are on their way out of the league. Um, so I made this list, like I said, around 11 o'clock. Uh, I typed it out in the library. Uh, and then I sent it in a group convo, uh, group conversation with a bunch of guys. And we debated it, and I changed it. Uh, and it isn't perfect. Uh, there's still a lot of debate going on. I'm getting texts like every other second talking about it. Um, but I feel pretty confident about this list. And I actually had a lot of fun making it and a lot of fun debating it. Um, so I'm thinking about doing these every single week. But the thing, the difference is I'm going to do – not just running backs, not just football. I'm going to do different positions around sports. Uh, so like third baseman, point guards, I'll probably do next week. Certain stuff like that. And we'll go through it. But every single week, I'm going to start a list on Monday, make up the rough draft, uh, and then just send it and we'll debate it. And then Thursday will come out the polished list that I'll talk about. So this list, like I said, is not perfect. It's what my thoughts are. I'm not going to go through because there's about 40 names here. I'm not going to say every name uh you can check it out on the twitter i'm gonna tweet it so you can see where your favorite running back lands um we'll talk about we'll go through each category uh um and i'll talk about some of the players in each category uh, but i'm not going to go through and just list out the guys i want to talk about a couple guys i have some asterisks next to some guys names because i want to talk about them so let's get into it we'll start with the elite category so the elite category has five names uh, a couple names were moved up. Originally started with three, but we decided to move it up. So I think the top elite running backs in the NFL, the top five, these aren't in order, by the way, are Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon, Kamara, and Hunt. Uh, I'm not going to talk about everybody in here. I'm just going to talk about Le'Veon because I think the other names are pretty uh, agreeable that those guys are elite. Le'Veon, I got a lot of heat for this. He hasn't played this year. I know that. But Le'Veon Bell, the past couple of years, has been the best running back in the NFL. And the only reason why he's being debated this year is because he has not played. That doesn't make any difference. He's still an NFL running back. Even though he hasn't played at all this year, he is still a good running back. Another guy on this list we'll talk about in a minute, uh, Devontae Freeman. Um, he hasn't played at all this year, but he's still on the list. I didn't get much flack for that. But putting Le'Veon in the elite category is agreeable for Steelers fans and 
people that actually know uh, what kind of things this guy's capable of. Le'Veon is an elite back, and that doesn't change just because he hasn't played at all this year. Um, he's going to come back next year, and I think I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to do the same, if not better, things than he did in the past. Um, tier two elite. These guys are the guys right below it. They're right there, and they're about to about to just get up there in a couple minutes, a couple uh, months. The guys are, I think, Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon are the two biggest names in this group because that's the ones I got a lot of heat for. Saquon is right there. I'm ready to move him up to elite, but I need to see it last over the course of the season and maybe even a little more to next year. Melvin Gordon's right there too, although I was thinking about this when I was driving today. Melvin Gordon is a good running back, but he doesn't scare me. The guys in the top five scare me. If I'm playing any of these teams and these and they have... Elliott, Gurley, Bell, Kamara, or Hunt on their team, I'm scared. But I, Melvin Gordon doesn't strike a lot of fear in me. He scares me, but he doesn't strike a lot of fear in me. Barkley does. That's why I'm thinking about moving Barkley to the elite category. But the other two guys, three guys in this category, Mixon, McCaffrey, and Johnson, David Johnson, are kind of the same thing. Um, we moved David Johnson up, actually, from the stable category uh, just because he's had kind of a bad offense this year, um, and he's still working off that injury. Uh, but as far as that goes, Barkley's just right there. He's the closest you can touch it, and Gordon is just like millisecond below um, Melvin Gordon uh, for that elite category. As far as stable guys go, um, probably the two biggest names in this group that kind of freaked people out was Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. They could be made a case to be moved on to the past their prime, out of their way, um, on their way out of the league. Uh, but I kept Peterson in here. He's having a pretty good year with a pretty bad offensive line with the Redskins. And the Redskins don't have, they don't lack talent, but they don't have. Um, consistency in terms of injuries and he's just been putting up numbers um another guy in here i think is this mark of consistency is frank gore over his entire career he's quietly put up one of the best careers of any running back ever he's top 10 running back um and he just consistently puts up numbers even this season he just shows no signs of slowing down um and that's why i put uh Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson in this category. The guy who was thinking of moving up to the Tier 2 elite would maybe be Mark Ingram and then Devontae Freeman when he's healthy, but right now I'm keeping them where they're at for right now. Um, next category is the potential to be elite. So potential to be elite guys are young guys who I really want to move up into the elite categories, stable categories, but they're just so young in their careers. A lot of these guys are year one or year two. Um, the one name in here I was struggling with was James Conner. Uh, I put him in the potential to be elite. I want to move him up to a tier two elite guy. Um, but I decided, we talked about it, he, this is his first year starting, uh, and he hasn't done um, a lot in his career besides this season. So he kept him there. Um, Philip Lindsley, too, I think he's a guy who could be moved up into the tier two elite, but he just hasn't done enough yet. Um, but he's right on the level there with Saquon in terms of rookie production. Uh... Chris Carson's on this list too. I like Chris Carson's game. Um, other than that, you can look at the for the rest of them. There's a bunch of names in this category. Next category, the meh category. The biggest source of debate in this entire list comes from this category. And that source of debate comes from one name and one name only, Leonard Fournette. I put Leonard Fournette in the meh category for a couple reasons. One, he can't stay healthy. His hamstrings are shot. He had a little bit of a problem at LSU, but he just can't stay healthy. He, his running style is, you saw it last year, you know, people love it when he, you know, 
puts his hand out for the safety, tell him to come hit him. Uh, people love that, but that doesn't. That's not a smart move because you get a hit like that and you just don't last taking all those hits. Um, you know, running backs have a short sh uh, shelf life, and taking those hits screws you up even more. Uh, it shortens your shelf life even more. Fournette, you know, he just can't stay on the field, and that's a problem for me. Uh, you know, either of its character concerns, you know, he got suspended last year for missing a team photo, suspended this year, next, suspended this week uh, for fighting. Uh, so I'm putting Fournette in the man category because I just don't like the way he plays. I get it. The run over power back mentality is fun to uh, to watch. It's fun to support. It's fun to watch. Like I love watching that type of stuff. But it's just not going to sustain you for a success. Um, last category, the on their way out category. Uh, a couple names in here: Marshawn Lynch, Lashawn McCoy, Legarrett Blunt, Carlos Hyde. Uh, those are the guys I think they're kind of on their way out of the league. Uh, Blunt has bounced from team to team, and he's kind of a specialty back. Um, Blunt is used the way I think Fournette should be used as a compliment back to a to a guy like a speedster. Um, you know, they have Carryon Johnson there who is kind of their bell cow now and Blunt's kind of the power back end zone guy, which I think Fournette should be used for. But they drafted him to be the bell cow Fournette and it just hasn't worked out because of injuries. Um, but other than that, that's the list. I'm going to post it on Twitter. I didn't talk about even half of these guys, uh, but I will post it on Twitter. But that's it for our show today. Um, we're going to do more of these lists. I like doing this. This was fun, and I want to do it over a course of a week so it's even more um, polished up. We can all agree on it. Uh, but other than that, that's our show. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, they support our show since the beginning, and we love them. Um, we ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe. Um, we ask that you please go onto Twitter, follow us at TMT Sports Talk 12. That's where you can see what's going to happen on the next day's show. You can see updates about the show. The DMs are always open for questions you want to you want us to ask, answer on the show, uh, questions and concerns about the show, ideas for different things for the show, business inquiries. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on there. Even if you want to be a guest, that's where all of our guests come from. Is basically the DMs. Uh, so go ahead and hit us up there. Listen to us on YouTube. Listen to us on 12OunceSports.com. Uh, two pretty good platforms. We're trying to get on Spotify. Uh, I looked at it today. I had, Like I said, I had time. Uh, we're really trying to get there because I think that's a big platform. Um, they have about, I think, the second biggest li listenership market. Um, and it's a good way for Android people to really listen to our show. Um, but we're going to get on to there. So it's going to take some time. Other than that, though, that's it for our show. I want to thank you to our sponsors, like I said. Uh, we ask that you listen on Tuesday. Where we're going to have an even bigger show. Um, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the Packers game that me and Truman are going to. But other than that, have a great weekend. Stay safe uh, and you know watch more football, guys. Because the four point, the forty-eight point four billion minutes of football watched this week. That's that's working numbers. We can get that number up to over sixty billion minutes of football watched. Let's do it this week. Lead the charge with me. Uh, other than that, though, guys, have a great weekend uh, and listen listen up on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.